Hello and welcome to the KC The Movies Podcast. Before I get into the special foreign films podcast planned, I just want to say sorry for the inconsistency the last few weeks. Um, yeah, the last few weeks uh, especially have been very, very busy, very insane. Uh, so the reason being just a lot of assessments piling up at school. Um, I've had pretty much a screening, a consecutive screening about each week or each week and a half. And we're currently off off to our final screening now, and I've just been editing throughout all that time. There haven't been hasn't been enough space to edit between each screening, and um, and that has left me with pretty much no time to do anything else, um, not even record a podcast. So I haven't done I haven't done any of that, and that's because of that. I also got a very bad cold. And then I got uh, rid of that, and then I got the stomach flu off of coming off a set, and uh, had that for about a few days, and then I got the very same cold after <laughs> the stomach flu, and that took me out for a week. And um, also, with the screenings, uh, I've also had two other assessments I've had to do, and I've uh, just got those done, and I'm up to the final assessment, which is Monday, so um, which is just a written test, so there's no preparation for that. Um so that has actually given me this t- this weekend to release the Foreign Films podcast and record it, and um, it's uh, I can't wait to to uh, talk about these films. Uh, so yeah, I just want to say finally, sorry for that, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Right, it's ready. Hello, hi, bonjour, welcome to the, finally, the uh, foreign films podcast I've been talking about um, doing for, I'd say probably three to four weeks now, but uh, I I probably just played a message then where I just um, explained why it's been so uh, late coming in and um, uploaded. And uh, you probably got all that stuff out of the way, so that's pretty much what's been going on. So hopefully that cleared up most of the things for everybody. Um, this is it. This. So let's talk about some great foreign films. I got a chance to, you know, I, I see that everybody's been watching a lot of. <clears throat> yeah, still got that cold I've been talking about. Um, you know, you, you know, you, you get you get your you get your normal releases. Your uh, then you you get your indie films and a lot of western um cinema but uh not many there's a there's there's, there's a, a fan base for foreign films but i know that most people i talk to don't really watch foreign films regularly and um i was i was i was one of them but um recently now i've been looking out for some great foreign films especially um from um Cannes film festival um and i've seen some really good ones um i recently just watched last night i just watched a great thai film from last year um but unfortunately i haven't had time to um make up my thoughts about that and to include that in the podcast so um but yeah i just thought it like we we get a, we get an influx of a lot of English spoken films, and um, I just wanted to, to provide you guys with something different and some great um, films from foreign countries that are, that you should really, really check out because they are some really 
really good films. Um, one of them was from last year, no, two of them from last year, and one of them is from about uh, seven, no, six years ago, uh, 2012. Um, that I heard was one of the best films of the decade. So um, I had to check that out. And uh, there was two from last year that I really wanted to see because of um, one of them because of the act- actress that I really like, and the other one just had, just had a really great concept. And now I just find myself looking out for films, um, even though they are from foreign countries and they require subtitles to watch. You know, with, with some really cool plot and concepts, and hopefully they can um, execute them. Plus, there've been some really great foreign film. Some of the best films are foreign films. Um, you have, uh, you've got, you've got like, in terms of French, you have the 400 blows, which is one of the best French films ever made. Um, in terms of Italian, you have bicycle thieves, life is beautiful, cinema paradiso. Um, and then, uh, when you, did I I mention, uh, yeah, I mentioned that. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you've also got breathless three colors blue, like French, French, um, especially the French new wave was a very big movement in cinema history and uh, it had a lot of great films and a lot of things that these directors were trying out, um, trying to make a, you know, pretty much make a cinematic revolution. Um, and uh, one of my favorite films of all time is um, not in my top 10, but like a really, a really great film that I consider a great film is City of God. And, uh, that, um, which it's not for everyone. It's pretty adult. Um, it's got some themes in there that are not too, uh, not going to gel well with most audiences, especially audiences today in, t- in terms of, um, the current climate we're in. Um, but as a film, it's fantastic. So I talk about a lot of, um, you know, a lot of English-spoken releases, and especially I talk about a lot of indie films as well, but I think it's time to um, shine some light on some great foreign cinema, and uh, I wanted to do that with this particular podcast. If you're ever interested in seeing any foreign films, maybe these could be your first three that you could watch, and, um, you know, and maybe you could, and you could dive further into the rabbit hole of foreign cinema, and especially explore the late, um, the you know, the, the 1950s and stuff like that. Uh, but there are some really great foreign films coming out now. We had the, we had the insult last year as well. We had the square from, um, I believe that was Sweden, I believe. Um, Force Majeure. Um, Fantastic Woman from Chile. I'm pretty sure that, did that win the Oscar this year, I think? I think that won the Oscar th- this year, but... Um, I haven't seen The Insult yet, but Fantastic Woman was great. Uh, and and you've also got your, you know, and they all come in, like, they're all, they're not just like, oh, these foreign films are not just like, there's not this, there's not, they're not like high art, they're just films from other countries. I just want to, a misconception is that people think foreign films are just these dramatic films that require a lot of intellectual, um, a person to be so intellectual that they understand this and everything, but it's just a matter of watching. It's like watching a film, but with subtitles and they're not speaking your language, obviously. And you just need to look at the subtitles. Um, but often that, um, 
people find it difficult to look past subtitles and they have um i think a reason i'm pretty sure a reason that a friend gave me was they have trouble um engaging with the film because of the subtitles being in the way and uh, you know that's that's fine that's their thing but um i just think that if you can get over that you can watch some really great films and um, these three could be a start. Now, before I get on to the three of them, I just want to say that there could be some light spoilers. Um, I, I do want to talk about some of the plot elements and what I think the film means. Um, again, into characters. Um, I won't go too far, though. I won't go into too much spoiler territory. But I just want to explore the you know the plot. And this is my kind of like... You know, it's like a uh, salesman trying to get you to see these films because I do think these films are really, really great. And um, one of them is probably one of the best thriller f- thrillers I have seen in a very long time. And um, it's good. Right. Um, without further ado, let's start with Norway. Um, from Norway is uh, Thelma from last year. Um it's about a uh, girl, Thelma, who is, um, she, uh, what, do you, what do you, it's, uh, enrolls, sorry, it's uh, a university in Oslo, and um, which is the capital of Norway, if you're um, not a geo- <laughs> geography fan, um, and, but it's against her parents' will, they don't like her moving away, they're very close, they're a very Christian family, and, um, this is her first time being on her own. They're worried that she could probably get corrupted by some of the students there because there's a lot of... It's a university, you know? It's like it's like college in America. It's like uni, it's uni here in Australia. You know, a lot of things could go wrong. There could be a lot of influences from a lot of people. And they're... we're Obviously, understandably, they're worried and they're very, very protecting of their daughter. Um, but they're, like, they're super protecting. And you think that's, like, because of their religion, because of their, them being Christian... Oh, Highly, highly Christian, strong, strong Christians. Um, so much so that they don't, they don't, they don't swear that much. They don't drink. They don't, they don't, they don't do anything. They're very, you know, they're very. Uh, what do you, what do you, straight shooters? I don't, that's a weird word to use, but uh, yeah, they're like they're like my nan. She. Uh, you know, she, she she swears on the odd occasion, but she's uh, you know she's a, she's a saint. But uh, enough about my family history. Um, so yeah, she's going to college anyway. She's having a, a quite kind of a hard time fitting in. She's hasn't met, met anyone yet. Uh, the classes, um, you know, she's also um. You know, she's also a young girl. She's also, I think she's 17 or 18. I think she's turning 18. And uh, obviously she's having her, you know, kind of maturing into a, a young woman. And um, with that becomes discovering sexuality and um, <clears throat> pretty much discovering yourself. Kind of a coming of age tale. But uh, in this case, which I'll get into later, is a little different than most films. Um... So she meets a girl named Anya, and she instantly, uh, because of Anya's hospitable generosity, and uh, she, uh, I guess her, she builds she builds an instant connection with Anya, pretty much. 
and they become fast friends, and um, soon they become, you know, what seems like much, much more. Um, but at the same time, something's happening to Thelma, and uh, she is trying to control it, but she's finding it very difficult to do. Um, so pretty much, she starts having these, um, she starts having these seizures, these really violent seizures. Um, which again, clarifies for me that I'm still uncomfortable watching seizures on film. <laughs> because I think this is like the, and pretty much seizures in real life. I've seen a person have a seizure in real life, um, at uni when I was at Newcastle Uni. My short tenure, I guess, there. Um, didn't even do a fucking thing. What am I talking about? Um... I saw a seizure there that it just made me, I don't know. I, I wasn't just like, Ugh. I was just like, Whoa, that's just so bizarre that that can happen. Um, and again, it was never in an offensive way. It was just that, yeah, it was just, Whoa, I've never seen that before. And then in film, it seems to be the same thing. I watched every time Thelma had a seizure in this film, I was just like, shit, they're crazy. Um, they are, ex- unco- they're uncomfortable to watch really. And, um, you know, that could be interesting for some people, for others. Maybe this is when they turn the movie off. I assure you, do not turn the movie off here. Because this is her discovering what seems to be her powers. Um, yes, Thelma seems to have supernatural powers. So, she is kind of like she's she can like appear in different places she can um she has this she's starting to have these hallucinations which kind of um tap into her powers and you know a lot of things start going you know understandably they start going really weirdly and she's trying to it's just all about her trying to control it and harness it and you know use it for something good instead of just letting it get, go out of control and then letting it hurt the people around her um, and that's all. That's all I'll say. That's so. That that's all the plot I want to give. It's pretty much about Thelma. She is um, discovering her sexuality as well as this these superpowers um, that she's trying to control. And that's it. That's all I'll say. But because she is raised by this family that have these specific set of values, um, obviously they're going to clash. So, yeah, um, this movie was just, this movie was, it was, it was, first of all, it was beautifully shot. Um, beautifully shot, some great shots, some just beautiful shots. Um, so a few memorable ones were the one where she's, um, there's a shot where she's swimming in a pool and uh, she's trying to like tread water underwater, and uh, uh, she tries to reach the top. And what happens is the the floor of the pool has like this is hallucination. Um, by the way, it's like on the top of her, and she's trying to push it off. She's trying to get out, and uh, it's just this beautiful shot of her in her bathing suit, arms out, looking like a just like a water angel. It's crazy. Um, the hallucinations are. <laughs> pretty hectic, um, especially the one involving the snake, that was pretty crazy, 
and um, that I think that final shot um, of her um, there's a shot of her I shouldn't, well, I shouldn't say final that's a spoiler isn't it well I won't continue because that there's the spoiler um, anyway there's a beautiful shot at the end that I won't say it's not nothing to do with the plot of the story it's just a beautiful shot I thought it was great so cinematography was great I thought the main girl's performance I don't I kind of had to say her name so I'm not going to butcher it who played Thelma I thought she was great she's very um she, what, what I thought when I first saw her she, she's very cute looking but she's just this she gives this very vulnerable performance and um her trying to navigate her way through this you know, for her, her connecting with her family and her discovering these new abilities. Um, and then, uh, yeah, having, sorry, having this disconnect with her family because of all this stuff and because of meeting Anya, who pretty much brings out a new person within Thelma. And um, she she is discovering herself and that's what i think the film is trying to say it's trying to say that her uh, super superpowers their abilities there are they are literal abilities but i think the abilities the abilities are a metaphor of her becoming a woman um i compare this to raw from last year um which is another great great foreign film french horror director uh, julie de Curno. fantastic um, movie from last year. Um, it was pretty. Dis- some scenes are pretty disgusting, but I thought it was great. It was, I think I was was it in my honorable mentions last year. But it was it was it's a it's a it was a great film. Now I draw that I draw these comparisons because that was about her becoming a cannibal, but it was also about her discovering her sexuality as a woman. Um, uh, what's the main character's name? Uh, Justine, Justine, that's it. Um, her becoming a woman, Thelma. Um, but that—that's yeah. Again, that's her. That's again, that's her sexuality. That's what. But that's that's her like her. Um, I guess her. Um, the deflowering. I guess the deflowering. Um, because there's a lot. There's a, there is some sex in Raw, whereas in Thelma, I think it's more of a coming-of-age kind of thing. It's Thelma not being a child anymore, and because she's becoming an adult, she has to learn to harness these powers that have appeared to be in her family for a very long time, and that have been suppressed by some people, and... And she doesn't want... Let's just say she doesn't want to let those people suppress her anymore. These powers need to be... She wants to have these powers because this is these are the powers that make her so confident. And um, eventually when she um, does come to terms with it, she wants to be this confident, outgoing person. She wants to be... Um, she Again, like she wants to be a woman. And I just think it. I think that's what it's about. She's fighting with these tensions of be, of being a lesbian, especially with the character of Vanya that she meets. And because of her being a lesbian, obviously that the homosexuality um, uh, part of that is going to clash with her family's beliefs, um, their Christian beliefs. Um, 
and that's where the film's that's where the film's tension really comes into play especially with the father um and I thought that's where the film was working its best was when it when it was when it came to the parts where she had to come to terms with that she this is what she's this is what's happening to her this is what she wants to do maybe she doesn't want to follow her family's set of values that maybe she doesn't want to follow in the same path maybe she wants to do something new um and uh yeah that's that's all i can say uh, it's a great it's a great th- um supernatural um I guess L. You can. I guess you could say LGBT because there's, there's a lot of lesbian scenes in it. Um, so I guess you could probably slap that label on. Um, but I just think it's a great thrill. Um, so, um, supernatural thriller, f- drama, drama, supernatural drama thriller. I think it's a great, great movie, and I think the performance from the lead um, who played Thelma, I thought she was just great. I can't wait to see her again. Again, just a very um, vulnerable and soft-spoken performance, and um, which which engaged me the whole time. And the end, I was very satisfied with the ending. Didn't think um, I thought I saw some part of it happening, but I didn't see all of what happens happened. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty satisfied with the ending, and um, I'll def- definitely you need to give this one a watch. So if you want to you want to start with a foreign movie, um, give Thelma a go because that's great. Um, moving from Norway now to um, Denmark, Danish, we have what is considered one of the best foreign films of the decade. Um, I'm as, I'm saying these in order because these are the order I watched them in. Um, in this order, because yeah, this is the order I watched them in. So apparently, this is one of the best films of the decade. Um, it's not on any list or anything, but every time I talk to someone and say, "What is a good foreign film? What is a foreign film they recommend from the last ten years?" and they always say, um, "The Hunt." So I watched The Hunt, and uh, The Hunt. You might know the main star from The Hunt is Mads Mikkelsen from um, Hannibal. Uh, uh, Doctor Strange. Um, he's mostly known. Every, everybody knows him from Hannibal, so um, he's mostly known for Hannibal. But he's in a lot more stuff. He's in. Um, if you're a fan of Winding Refn, he's from the Pusher series. Um, but I'm trying to think of like another big film that he was in. That um, you know, I, I might have forgotten because of. I just, I just can't think. I just. <laughs> I just can't think. I just can't seem to think. Um, what was that James Bond movie he was in? Um, fucking Casino Royale. That's right. He was uh, Le Chief from Casino Royale. One of the best villains, in my opinion, in the whole 007 franchise. Um, just the way he tested Bond was just great. That torture scene. Eh? Um, I'm just trying to think where else I saw him. Where you might have known him from. But he works a lot with um, Winning Refn. Pusher, Valhalla Rising, um, but yeah, um, mainstream audiences will know him from Casino Royale and Hannibal, um, but if you want to see some, because he is Danish, if you want to see a film from his home country, 
um, I recommend, highly recommend The Hunt. Um, this movie is another dramatic... <coughs> I don't know if it's a... Th- not really a thriller because it's not really... It's just a very dramatic, just... Oh, it's just... Um... Oh, I can't, uh, I can't find the right word for it, but it's just, it just makes you very sad. Um, so Mads Mikkelsen plays a carer of these kids at this uh, daycare, and his name's Lucas, and um, he is, uh, his job is to take care of these kids at this daycare with um, um, a few other ladies, and everybody loves Lucas, um, all the kids love him. Um, this little girl. Um, uh, what was her name again? Um, oh boy, Kyle. I wish I had the notes next to me because I, you know, then I could actually <clears throat> read off the notes. Um, the little girl, what the fuck is she? Clara, that's it. Um, Clara, so what happens is uh, one day. Clara tells one of the one of the old um, other tutors, other t- tutors, other the, <laughs> the other carers, um, because she is she's a child and she has a wild imagination because of an incident that happens with her brother. Um, this is because I need to clear it because people are just like, oh, how would she just come up with like with what she says and how would she just come up with that? Something happens with her brother. It's an incident. It's not. Nothing crazy, but she just thinks of that, obviously, and that's her imagination, goes from there, and she tells one of the other teachers that Lucas molested her. And, of course, it's a lie, because we know that Lucas is a good man, he's built to be a good man, he has a son, he's dealing with a divorce, and um, he's just a good man. And he loves these, he loves his job and he loves these kids. But once this lie is told by this young girl, Clara, his life just just falls into shambles. Because of one little lie, this man's life just, yeah, it just, it just crumbles. Everything around him, his connections to his friends, he becomes ostracized by his local community. And... It's just it's just the sheer fallout of one little girl's just little just her imagination just going oh he did this and everybody believes him because of she keeps saying that it you know she she doesn't say that she's joking or anything she keeps saying yes he did yes he did yes he did even though he knows full well he doesn't He's also trying to develop a relationship with one of the carers as well, becoming his new girlfriend. Since he is ready for a new relationship, they can begin dating. But once this lie comes out, she is starting to question it. And just more things get out of hand. His wife gets involved as well. She stops letting him see his son. And I just, I can't say anything more, but um, this is a film that is just... Wow, just especially in today's, in 2018, what have happened to these men in Hollywood, um, which, by the way, they deserve everything they get. 
um, because most have been proven. But um, there has been instances where a lie has been told and people immediately jump to the conclusion. This is where it's a bit tricky for me because I don't really like talking on this stuff. But people immediately jump to the guilty until proven innocent kind of train instead of the innocent until proven guilty, which is a theme that I saw in the in the next film I want to talk about. But you assume when people in, 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 are in a courtroom, that's what one of the, apparently one of the rules is you are innocent until proven guilty. But it seems to be this year with a lot of, this is what people say online anyway, this is what I've been seeing a lot. Um, I, I agree with part of it, but sometimes most of these cases seem to be the truth being told and people finally letting their voice, you know, come out and, and, and tell the truth about these things. And most of them seem to be true, so you can't really discredit these women because they um, have finally been brave enough to come out and and uh, and, and, and tell their story. <clears throat> But uh, this 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 whole this phrase keeps get thrown around. This phrase gets thrown around. This is this uh, guilty until proven innocent phrase keeps getting thrown around. And I just couldn't find a more appropriate film to fit that phrase into than this, because every the audience knows that Lucas is innocent. The audience knows that Lucas is a good man, but it's so hard to watch him. Just I just I don't like I I'd. Um, I watched these movies again for this podcast, but it was hard watching this one because, again, just watching this poor man who's done nothing but good. Um, you know, it, it, it's you know, it's tough to say what happened with his wife and relationship, but again, that's fiction. That's not part of the story. <clears throat> this the film story anyway. Just him losing everyone, his friends. He doesn't get to go to the shops anymore. He can't. Yeah, he can't shop in his local grocery store. He is getting thrones, um, thrones, stones thrown through his window. He's he can't see his son anymore. Can't even see his own son because of his wife just hearing all this. And I, I, it's just very hard. Um, to, just to see because everything that you think shouldn't happen does happen, and and you're just like, this is just. It's it's crazy how a person's life can just just fall apart because of one little lie or one person saying this to someone else. And uh, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't help myself, but um, you know, relate it to someone tells the media something about this certain person, and then and then all of a sudden they're attacked by literally everyone. And they lose everything. Um, I'm not going to get back into the discussion I was trying to talk about before. Again, it's a very kind of eggshell discussion that I don't want to um, talk about too much. What I will say is, though, every person I've seen so far have deserved it. So I'll just say that. Every person that I've seen going down so far has deserved it. 
Um, but there has been other ones that I've just been kind of, you know, kind of on the fence about <clears throat> because we haven't got um, really, really any evidence from it. But yeah, the others, I mean, that's just, you know, the right thing has been done there. Um, so yeah, this movie is just, oh man, it's just tough to watch. <laughs> it's like, this is like worse than like watching gore or something. Like I'm okay with gore and violence, but just watching this, this, this guy just goes through, just through like walk, he just walks on glass the whole movie. Um, and it, it's just, yeah. You're just like, ah, oh, fuck, you just feel for him. You just feel for him. The whole movie, you just... I've never felt so much empathy for a character in a film. More than this. And, um... And that goes to... That's that's thanks to a great, great screenplay by, um... I'm just going to try and say these names. Uh, Tobias Linham and Thomas Vinterberg. And uh, Vinterberg directed this one too. So a great screenplay of these two guys. Just, just, my God. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough watch, but it's, it's honestly, I think it's one of the best, I think it's, it's, I think it's one of the best films I've seen in a very long time. Um, you feel for this character the whole time. It just drains you of emotion. And... It's just the storytelling is just so compelling and so again with today it's just real. Like this could happen to someone. And his dynamic with his son and there's a certain scene in the movie where uh oh jeez. Um I'm a fan of this certain kind of pet. And uh, this scene kind of was very, very difficult to watch. So, uh, I, I I had to... The second time I watched it, I just... Um, you know, I was... It's not that I'm desensitized to it after the first watch, the first viewing, but with movies, I'm mostly just okay the second time watching it. But I might feel a different emotion. It's really depending on, I guess, the mood or the situation I'm in currently within my own life. So... Yeah, this that, that's the first time I watched the scene. It, it hit me very hard. It did. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. Oh jeez. Um, watch uh, watch the hunt. Um, fantastic Danish movie. Mads Mikkelsen gives one of the best performances I've seen from him in his whole career. Um, yeah, it's a tough one to watch, but uh, if you can get through it, you you get to watch, you get to see a great piece of foreign cinema, um, and just such compelling storytelling. So uh, give that give that a watch when you can. <clears throat> Finishing off, let's finish off in Germany. Um, now I believe. Right, I'm gonna pull this up because you know you gotta be you gotta be ready for these kind of things. 
Um, yeah, so let's let's finish off in uh, in Germany. So let's uh, where we talk about in the fade from last year. Um, I just finally gave this a watch. I was supposed to go see this movie at the cinemas last year, but I ended up, I think it was, something came up with school, I think, and I couldn't really go. Either that or it was a money issue. I really wanted to watch this movie. It was either this or The Square, and I missed out on both. Um, I still haven't seen The Square, but I watched this one recently. But I will get onto The Square, don't worry. Uh, but I really, I watched this one recently. And my God, this is one of the best thrillers I've seen in, de- in years. Um, with a very strong ending that I did not see coming. Um, so, fuck, I was ballsy doing that. Um, so, I believe his name is Fatih Akin. Fatih Akin, I think. <clears throat> not too sure what the movies that he's made before, but this is directed and written by him. Um, I think this movie was was up for the foreign movie, or I think it won the foreign best foreign film at Golden Globes, and I think it was nominated for the at the Oscars. But I know for sure that Diane Kruger, who is a, a favorite of mine, uh, she won the best actress award at the Cannes Film Festival in 2017 for this. So. Um, that gave me enough um, incentive to uh, seek it out and give it a watch. Um, <clears throat> and again, yeah, Diane Kruger is like one of those kind of you don't really see her that much, but when you do see her, she's she uh, she does some great stuff. Um, and everybody knows her as um, Bridget von Hammersmark from *Glorious Bastards*. Um, that's probably her Welton most well-known role. But after this movie, she's going to have another name, um, Katia Sekerchi, because she is a mother on a rampage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she wants some. <clears throat> she wants justice. So, uh, what is it about? <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, she plays a woman named Katya. Um, she marries a man coming out of prison. He was uh, daily marijuana. <clears throat> marries him in prison. And then as soon as he was released from prison, she has a son named Rocco. And um, he opens up a small business on the, um, in this street. And um, one morning she takes her son to... Uh, to her husband to look after for the day and then she goes with either her I think it's either her sister or her aunt no her sister or her friend sorry um, Bridget or Bird, Bridget Bridget it's like B-I-R I think yes, it's um, in the credits it said <clears throat> she goes to a spa she enjoys her day and everything um, and then when she's driving home she sees lights sirens she goes in there to find out there's a bomb. A bomb explosion has gone off, and there's been a lot of um, inju- injuries. But there, unfortunately, has been two fatalities. Those fatalities, unfortunately for her, um, being her son and husband. So the film is about her wanting answers for their deaths. Uh, because there's a bomb explosion, so this is, counts as a terrorist, attack, terrorist act. 
So she also wants to find out, you know, there's a lot of, I guess there's a lot of clash of cultures here, especially with um, neo-Nazis and um, Turkish, (coughs) Turkish people. (coughs) So the detective is working the case, has a lot of these questions about, it first starts off with um, his, his, his drug dealing and there's a lot of connections that he might have had that they might have, he might have screwed someone over, they might have wanted revenge. Um, there is none of that because after prison he just stopped. There was still some. She takes some drugs occasionally, but they're just to take the edge off. Um, so, and then he starts dealing in with. Well, now we have this situation where she believes he believes it was a Nazi act. She she starts believing it's an act done by Nazis. So, they find these two people, um, Andre, I think he's Andre and Edda, Mola, and um, they go to court. And the majority of this film takes place in this courtroom, um, learning about the case, learning every single detail about the case, and finding out the outcome. And um, it's... It's, but it's, the film is really about this mother wanting, she either questions, you find a questioning sometimes if she wants justice for these people, or does she want vengeance? There's a difference between justice and vengeance. Justice being that they get dealt by the, the um, judiciary system, and, um, you know, they go through their, you know, their punishment, I guess, in prison. Or does she want vengeance? Does she want the same thing that happened to her um, husband and son? Does she want the same thing? And she has to kind of come to terms of pretty much what she wants. Um, Not caring about what other people think that she needs. Because it's really about her. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of people that want to see these, you know, these Nazis being put away and everything, but she needs to, she, yeah, she needs to, this is the third time I've said this now, but she needs to, she needs to know what she wants for the, from, from them. Does she want to punish them or does she want to make them suffer? And I kind of got the feeling that throughout the movie that she wanted vengeance the whole time. Maybe she wanted justice at first, but as soon as she starts hearing more details and um, I started to think, no, she wants something different. She wants to settle the score with these two. She wants to make them feel... She has so much contempt for these two people that she wants to make them feel the same um, pain that her husband and son had gone through thanks to that bomb explosion uh, now the film is split into three acts you think it's like a straightforward narrative structure it really is but because it's really easy to follow because of these three acts uh, the first one being the family the second one being called justice and this third act appropriately being called the sea especially appropriately being called the sea um, I thought it was a great name for a third act and because of these three acts it's a great three act structure that you can follow for the movie and um, and it's um, yeah, it's 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 just very thrilling to just watch every single p- 
piece of information that you get given as an audience member or a viewer, learning about these things um, at the same time Katya learns about it at all. She has a very distant relationship with her, very distant relationship with her husband's mother and father, her in-laws, very distant, doesn't, not like them at all. Um, and again, that does that come down to the clash of cultures being German and Turkish or... It, it kind of looks at both perspective. It kind of looks at them two not gelling together, but then her husband and herself, they're married. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a, um, that's a bringing together of these two cultures, these two countries, Germany and Turkey. Um, so I reckon it looks at, I saw it as a, a look at both sides of that, um, both sides of the coin. I don't know how the saying goes, but looking at the the hate and the and the and the indifference between these two cultures, and also looking at the how love can trump all of this, and they can um uh, they can you know they can be you know they Katya and especially the, the example being Katya and her husband uh, Nuri being together. Um, I think that's what Tatia was trying to say. I haven't seen much interviews or anything, but that's just my interpretation of the movie. Um, so it's very thrilling to watch all that. Uh, one of the toughest scenes really was was to watch was her in the uh, um, her in the courtroom. She has to learn about every single detail of the explosion, every single injury that her husband and her son went through, and. Um, it's very hard. It's very, very hard for her to hear all that stuff, and um, she has to be very, very um, brave in that moment. But she can't allow herself to lash out because if she lashes out, she is has to be ejected from the courtroom and not allowed to, uh, you know, know the outcome first of the case and not be part of of her own justice. So. Uh, <clears throat> what, what 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 are the what what do they want to say? Um, and the film is the kind of the, the cinematography. Of the film kind of helps with that. There's a lot. There's a lot of handheld, um, more than I expected. And they're always with her. She's they're always moving with Katya, and um, it 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 gives the audience a stronger connection to her. And because we're always with her, we're always learning information at the same time of her. Um. It's a great. Um, I can't find the. I can't think of the right word to use. You guys know I'm not shit. I'm not good with words or anything. But um, my friend, my friend Ronan, he's very. Uh, he's very articulate in what he, in what he, um, in what he says and what he thinks about. It. He knows exactly what to say, and I'm just the complete fucking opposite. <laughs> we both love film, uh, movies, and film, but we can't. I can't find the words where he can find the right words to use and they sound very eloquent when spoken and I just find I just can't see anything I can't find anything because my again everyone knows my my vocabulary reaches the backyard and that's where it fucking stops um yeah but there's a uh, back to the I think I was talking about the scene that's right the powerful scene so that was when she was in the courtroom that was a really Every excruciating detail of the explosion she has to hear, and that was, as a viewer, as again, being in her viewpoint, 
uh, that was, yeah, that was hard to get through. Um, and I, you know, I, 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 you don't, you don't see much of courtrooms because Hollywood kind of, um, in their court cases just hides all this information and they just go, they talk about pretty much the, the, uh, you know, the prosecution, the charges, and then the outcome. They never go through every single detail of, and this court, this kind of courtroom went through more detail than I expected from this kind of case. Um, so that was, that was different to see. And that was really cool to see. And then the film just, it, you think it's becoming predictable, and you think you know where it's going to go. I, I kind of had an idea where it was going to go at some times, but then that ending, I did well, I did not see that ending coming. No way. Um, I thought she was going to do... You think she's going to do this, and then she does something else, and you're like, oh, but then she, she, okay, she's probably going to do that then. And then, and the, and then you think, oh, I don't know, she's going to do this, but then she does something completely different to all of that. And then you're like, holy shit. Did not see that coming. So, I thought it was a really, really strong ending. Beautiful shot at the end. Um, and then going into the end credits, it's a lovely song in the end credits too. I thought it was great. Um, just, just a really great watch. A great, another great um, movie. And no wonder Diane Kruger got the fucking award at Cannes because this is one of her best performances of her career. Um, this is a career. I think this is a career best for her. This is a very strong, captivating performance. Um, it's so bare, bare emotional. And then just and then it just it just turns into sometimes she's ruthless, and then she um, at times understanding, and then at the and then the uh, the last fifteen minutes of this movie is just oh it goes in it goes in a way that I did not expect. It's it's great. It's 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 just great. It's great. I've 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 had such a great. Such great fortune to watch these three movies in a row, and uh, it's just been great. And then watching that uh, that Thai movie, one of that Thai movie last uh, maybe watched last night. Holy shit, that was also good. But I just I just don't have the um, even though I didn't have much notes to help me out this time, but didn't have the notes really to talk about what I liked about it anymore. I've got like things to say, but again, then I just started sound like a broken record. So yeah, that's that's it. Um, that's it of the podcast uh, tonight. Do if you're interested in watching some foreign films and trying to get into that area, um, those genres of movies. Um, if you find yourself wanting something different, if you're sick of the summer blockbusters, um, give these foreign films a go. If you're if you're okay with getting past subtitles. Give these movies a go, man. They uh, there's some really great stuff, and and I've never been hit so hard by a movie. Um, the second one, the one I mentioned, I've never been hit by a movie like that before. I don't know what's happening to me. Um, <coughs> I've become just more emotional. Um, 
I've, be, I've just become more emotional, I guess, as I've gotten older. I've, I've, I've cried more at movies than I've ever before. Um, the only movie I'd ever cried, this is a little um, interesting fact, um, if you deem it interesting, I guess. But this is a little fact about me. Uh, the only movie I'd ever cried at before I had turned like 18 um, was a movie called Adam. And I watched that with my family, and I cried at that one because it was just heartbreaking. And uh, now I find myself pretty much crying at, like, not crying, but, like, not bawling my eyes at, but just, like, at least shedding a tear off, feeling the tears coming at, like, even the strongest, like, the strongest movies. I go back to and watch some of the movies that I didn't cry at, and then I start crying at that one. Because, I don't know, I don't know what's going on becoming a different person. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we can't get too deep here, but, uh, I don't know. I just find there's, I, I notice there's a difference now. There's a difference when I'm, I find myself welling up. Dude, I nearly cried my eyes out at Love, Simon. Holy shit. I think I did cry. The second time I watched it, I did cry. But, um, yeah, Love, Simon was a movie this year that I just fucking, Jesus Christ, that hit me. Um, and then I was on, I was on the verge in, in the fade. I was on the verge. I found myself on the verge. Um, the hunt was just, the hunt was just a heavy movie. I wasn't crying, but like, that was just a heavy. I was just like, God damn, I don't want to go out today. Fuck. (laughs) But I just, I just find myself, yeah, more emotionally vulnerable, I guess, with movies now. Um, than I've ever felt before in my life. So it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Um, it's good to cry sometimes. Just let it out. Just let it out. That sometimes that raw emotion, you know, that sometimes that is is it's selfie and it's uh sometimes yeah you can do it. Like you feel like you have if you feel like you have to do it and you feel like you have to cry, don't suppress it. Just let it out. Just cry it out, and then you feel much better afterwards. Wow. Um, so that's it. Talking about foreign movies. Wow. I graduate tomorrow. Holy shit. Tomorrow, tomorrow is my last day at the Academy of Film, Theatre and Television in Sydney. It's my last day. It's been two years, nearly, nearly two years. Um, I started when I started the 26th of July. So yeah, nearly, nearly two years, just like very close to that. <clears throat> it's over, man. It's 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 over. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm both very nervous. I'm very. I just want to. The first thing I want to do is we're going to party the fuck out of our souls tomorrow. Um, we got we got a final screening tomorrow with the school, and then after that, mate, we're going out, and we're getting just crazy. And uh, you know, we all deserve that. We've all been working hard. Um, I've as I've explained in the intro to this podcast, like we've been. It's been a lot. It's been pretty stressful. So it'd be good to get let all that out and then finally, um, you know, head back to my family, see some old, see some uh, old friends. They're still my mates. What am I talking about? What am I talking about? See my newy mates, hang out with them, and just like just sit at home and just 
relax and decompress. Like I, you know, you're relaxing the holidays and in, um, uh, in December, like, you know, you have your Christmas holidays, but you're thinking about, you're constantly thinking about what you're going to do for your final project or your major project. You're in your, I was always thinking about that. That was always on my mind. That was always like, what am I going to write? Like, this is not going to be good. What am I going to write? What, what are the, what are the ideas I need to do? Oh, I need to finish the, my stalker. It was always playing in my mind. I would never had that freedom of not having to think at all. But now, um, I believe I'm going to at least a couple of weeks, just, just be and just sit there and, you know, talk with my friends and talk with my family and sit down, maybe, maybe play some PlayStation, get God of War, finish that, heard that game was good, <laughs> um, and just not worry about anything, and then, then, and then after my, I've, I felt I've, you know, settled down, get back out there, get a job, finish these movies, um, thanks to, um, getting a laptop next week that'll allow me to finish these movies so I'm very excited about very very excited about that and um, make some more content get a website my goal at the end of this year is to have a website up and running where I can probably well hopefully distribute this podcast and have it available on there that you can listen to it on the website instead of through cast I still probably put it on castbox but have it on the website mainly and have all of my student films up on that website as well so you can watch them um, well, the ones that I don't want to release into festivals anyway, that I couldn't, that I deem could not be accepted. Um, so that'll be available there to watch. And it'd be just great to have all those finished films and have a showreel and, um, be ready. But until then, I don't want to do anything. That's the truth. I don't want to do anything. I just want to, I just want to hang out with my friends. I just want to just I just want to relax and uh just you know I want to laze around I want to catch up on all the TV that I've missed uh, all this time because I haven't had you know that again the freedom not to think and not have anything on my mind well it's it's hard to say that I haven't had anything on my mind but that the 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 stress of and the constant just Oh, what am I going to do for this one? What am I going to do for this? Oh, what am, you know, always going to have that because I'm a writer, so I want to have those ideas, you know, flooding in. But I'm not going to have the the uh, overwhelming kind of over sorry, the overbearingness, I guess, of uh, oh, geez, what am I going to get marked on this or you know, stuff like that. I just want to do. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything. So to answer those people that <clears throat> to answer those people that have been asking me for the last three or four weeks, oh, what are you going to do after you finish? Well, first of all, I'm going to drink and I'm going to party and I'm going to watch The Office for like the I'm going to rewatch The Office for like the five hundred fucking time. Um. And then I'm just going to do nothing. And then I might go on a holiday. But then eventually, I'm going to, you know, start the next chapter. And 
uh, you know, get a, just might, I might get a, who knows, I might get a casual job. I've just been, you know, I'm a retailer or a bartender or, you know, anywhere. Working as an editor for someone, for a production house, anything. <clears throat> and at the same time, finish those films and get them ready for festivals because that's the ultimate goal and that's where you start. And then have the uh, f- have Unicorn, the feature version, uh, written, a uh, first draft at least, written by the end of the year. And then continue to release content that I've planned but haven't got the chance to um, make. But now I get that chance. So, it's, I'm going to take it. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, so thank you for listening to this special foreign films podcast and, and I guess indulging my last final words before <laughs> I uh, have my last day tomorrow. Um, or when I upload this, it'll be today. It will be today. Um, watch these movies. Watch these movies if you want to get involved into foreign movies and get and get your you know sink your teeth into some great cinema. Watch these movies. They're great. Um, they're some of the best movies I've seen this year, even though they're from last year. Some of the best movies I've seen this year. Um, ones ones from six years ago, and I think it's one of the best movies I've seen watched this year. Fantastic. Now, um, I just want to say before I go, it's going to be back to, because I don't have this certain situation and all these tasks now to do, I'm going to be more consistent now. So next week, um, I've got a podcast planned where I'll be talking about the best and worst of the year so far. And that'll be that. And then it'll be just back to normal of talking about releases, indies, trailers, you know, whatever. Um... I'll talk about some of the new release trailers next week. I won't talk about them now because I've, I've gone over an hour. So um, I'll talk about some of the trailers that we have gotten in the last few weeks next week in that podcast because that will be, I think, more appropriate in that podcast. Um, so we're talking about the best and the worst of the year. There's some great ones. That I, I really believe the best overcome the worst because it's been a really cool half this year. Um, next week is the next Thursday, I think, is the July the 5th. And um, that's when Ant-Man the Wasp comes out too, so maybe I'll see that. I'm hoping... I don't, I don't know. Won't be Avengers for me. Um, but yeah, that's what I'll be doing next week. So stay tuned for next week and you can listen to that. And there'll be some great... There'll be some more recommendations next week for some great movies that you might have missed. Again, check these foreign films out. They're fantastic and it feels good to, um, you know, shine a light on these and get people to see them because they, they need to be seen by more people and because... You know, there's some themes that most English-speaking films, you know, some of the craziest shit I've seen have been in a foreign movie. So, and it's really cool to see that the weirdness been embraced, um, but utilized in such a uh, great way. So uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. Have a safe weekend. I know I fucking won't. <laughs> um, have, a, have a good weekend. I'll see you next time.